I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by my co-host, Megan Hessline. Hey Meredith, super excited to talk all things March Madness, even though I'm sure all of our brackets are just demolished by now, but still super excited. So they are officially all demolished. There are no perfect brackets remaining out of what was it, 17.4 million? Yeah. Um, which I feel like is among the earliest that all brackets have been busted. I mean, I swear, each year just keeps getting crazier and crazier. And that's just why I love March Madness, because you really just never know what to expect. And it really does just keep you on your toes, you know, makes you want to rip your hair out because your bracket is just never right. But hey, that's part of the fun of it. Somehow your team gets knocked out early, your bracket gets knocked out of the pool early, and yet it is still fun simply wallowing in the chaos. (laughs) Um, Exactly. But also, uh, yesterday, we are recording this on Monday the 21st. Yesterday was the official first day of spring. Uh, I don't know how it is in Columbus right now, but it is a balmy 74 degrees and sunny in Chicago, and it is officially shorts weather. Yes, same in Columbus. Campus is just so alive right now. Everyone's out, you know, playing spike ball, playing volleyball. It's just, oh, it's so nice. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be like in the 50s the rest of the week. But I'm just not going to focus on that. I'm just going to enjoy today. Yeah, we're getting snow on Thursday. But oh, no. uh, the ice cream shop down the street from us 
opened for the season and had a line around the corner yesterday. So love to see it. Um, I feel like between March Madness and this nice weather, it's such a great time. So much to be excited about. Um, and speaking of which, we might as well get into it, Megan. Uh, <laughs> there's so much fun. There are so many fun storylines at the NCAA tournament, both on the men's and women's side. Uh, but before we jump into that, we do have some hot topics. Uh, so kicking things off, congratulations to the Ohio State women's hockey team for winning the first ever women's Frozen Four. Yeah, this was this was just so exciting and so well earned. I mean, if you've been following along this season with the women's ice hockey team, they've just been practically unbeatable and they've just deserved everything they've gotten. You know, they're the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. They make their way through the Frozen Four. And then, you know, on Sunday, they end up becoming national champs in an exciting 3-2 win. I mean, it's just so exciting. I'm so happy for them. And they definitely brightened up Sunday. You know, obviously, the basketball team lost. But, hey, the women's ice hockey team is national champs. So just huge shout-out to them. Their head coach, Nadine Merzeral, has just totally flipped the program around and they're just amazing they're obviously the best program in the country so huge shout out to them an amazing win I mean you know the you knew the program had to be good uh when Jamie was on the show a few weeks ago ahead of the Olympics I think she said there were like six current and former Ohio State women's hockey players on various Olympic teams Mm -hmm. um so it's pretty cool. But this has been a historic year for women's sports in the NCAA. So as I mentioned, it was the first Frozen Four for women's hockey. Uh, and as we talked about last week, this was the first 68-team field uh, for the women's NCAA basketball tournament. Um, going in a very different and much more upsetting direction, uh, the big news in the NFL from the weekend was that Deshaun Watson, after being cleared of criminal charges, Uh, got signed by the Browns to the most guaranteed money for a quarterback ever. Yeah, this is just totally not a good look for the Browns. Um, Obviously, Watson is a very talented quarterback, but he also has 22 civil lawsuits against him right now. And I don't know. This is just so difficult to deal with. Um, The Browns said that they did you know, extensive research and, you know, everything that they had to say. But the lawyer representing the women said that they never even reached out to him. So I thought that was interesting. Um, But it's just crazy to think that this man with all these accusations against him is getting paid this amount of money. I don't know. It's just hard to deal with. Um, And I'm curious to see what punishment he gets from the league I've heard that you know maybe six or seven game suspension to start the season but yeah definitely not a good situation to be in honestly just for any team but I don't know not a great look for the Browns I feel like yeah no it's been a rough weekend as a Browns fan for sure um and you're exactly right so number one you're talking about a quarterback who sat out an entire season last year. He is looking at a sizable to-be-determined suspension heading into this season. Um, I need to set the like moral issue aside because 
I can't get into that objectively because it's just extraordinarily upsetting. And I felt that the Browns organization slapped its female fan base in the face uh, by signing Watson. Um, So we'll just put a pin in that. Uh, But just from the salary cap perspective, how is this is being touted as a good football move. Deshaun Watson, obviously a great quarterback. However, how are they planning on affording the rest of the players that they need? Jadavian Clowney was looking for his payday. He had a great season last year. They're not going to be able to find that money anywhere. Um, And you're looking at the rest of the roster who should have earned their paydays also um, are going to be put in that position as well. Um, Already let Jarvis Landry go last week uh, at the start of free agency. So you're sort of sacrificing, it feels like, a lot of your team to make this big money move. Yeah, um, I feel like it was necessary, though, if they really wanted to get him because obviously there were other teams that were interested in him, the Falcons, the Saints, the Panthers, and obviously he was going to go whoever offered him the most amount of money. So Cleveland definitely has a strong interest in him. That's why they agreed to sign him for this gigantic amount of money. Um but yeah, I mean, where else does that leave them with the rest of their team? So it'll definitely be interesting. I mean, like I said, for the first few games of the season, they won't even have him. So they might dig themselves in a hole. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what else they do with, you know, the remainder of the players on the team. Yeah. And I mean, on that note, uh, so heading into the off season, there was certainly talk of trading for probably a more tenured quarterback. Um, so Case Keenum played did play a lot last season when Baker was hurt. Uh, he got re-signed last week after Watson. So we know that he's probably going to be the starter for the first few weeks. But the thing was, when Keenum was in the game, the Browns did not play poorly. The offense still hummed. Obviously, it's a run-first offense with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, so it didn't feel like the Browns needed to upgrade that much. We know that like you got to love Baker for, you know, the player that he is and the person he is in the locker room, but we got to admit he's not a starting NFL quarterback. But the emotional roller coaster from what was it last Thursday when Watson got signed was uh there was a rumor that Matt Ryan was coming to Cleveland. And that felt like the stars aligned because in terms of people that I want to see win a Super Bowl, Matt Ryan is among, you know, the top folks on the list and obviously want to see Cleveland win a Super Bowl. Um, but it just felt like you have this huge reach for a much different type of quarterback. I think than we thought we were going to get to replace Baker if replacing Baker was in the cards this off season. Yeah. It's just very interesting how everything went down because you know, once we heard that the Browns would be interested in signing him, but then we heard that they were no longer an option. You know, he was going to focus on other teams. Yeah, like they must have just totally bumped up the amount of money they were willing to offer him. And he just must have signed because of that. Because otherwise, no offense, Meredith, but why would you want to be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns? Really? Um, <laughs> a lot of people who have been quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. 
And they probably all were excited once upon a time. Anyway. You're right. You're right. Um, but but yeah, I just I think they must have totally bumped up the amount of money they're offering him, um, and it worked. So I guess we'll see how his journey goes. I mean, it'll be starting soon. I'm expecting to hear, you know, in the next couple of months to see what his suspension is, you know, what his punishment is. But it'll definitely be an interesting journey and I'm anxious to see how it turns out. Meanwhile, I hate everything. Um, (laughs) Moving on to more positive things. Uh, So I feel like we were not going to acknowledge this ahead of Ohio State's matchup Friday with Loyola Chicago. Um, But I have to acknowledge it now that Sister Jean is older than the horseshoe. Sister Jean is a national treasure, and uh, I love her. I know that she's on the other team, but how can you not love her? And I saw that we had to play them because I didn't want to beat her. I know. I did feel bad, but I saw Chris Holtman posted that he met her after the game and talked with her, and he said that she had no idea who he was. So I feel like that might have been a little blow to his ego, but... He still got to talk with the legendary Sister Jean, um, which had to be awesome. But yeah, how do, how do you not love her? She's she's amazing. She's their number one fan. I just, I love her. Sister Jean is more famous than Chris Holtman. I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of some other big names, uh, announced today, Al Michaels is going to be joining Kirk Herbstreet on Thursday Night Football, which I feel like Megan is a huge shakeup. Uh yeah, for sure. This this is going to be an interesting pairing, I feel like. I'm kind of excited to see how the game sounds with them commentating together. Um I just I just can't believe that Kirk Herbstreit is doing this. I know that it was announced like a few days ago, but I mean, he's just going to be doing so much football. I I I don't know. I'm interested to see this kind of off topic, but like if this is going to affect his college, you know, commentating and analyzing, because now he has to focus on both the NFL and college football, which is just so much. I mean, he's good at his job. I do like Kirk Herbstreit, but I don't know. That'll definitely be interesting. Yeah. I will say I, Tia and I talked about it last week. It feels like Kirk Herbstreit, like, why are you giving him yet another task? Why can't we, you know, get some new blood, someone exciting yeah, um, on Thursday Night Football? Um, but I'm going to turn around and eat my words because I will say that Al Michaels is one of my favorite commentators. Uh, him and Chris mm-hmm. Collinsworth and Tracy Wilson on NBC, uh, NBC are, or excuse me, Michelle Tavoya on NBC are the just class of NFL football with Sunday Night Football. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a good crew. Are, like, are they going to stay together for Sunday Night Football? I don't know. I hope so, but that'll be that'll definitely be interesting. Um, hey, definitely better than Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, who's now doing Monday Night Football for ESPN. Yeah. Not yeah. our favorites. <laughs> yeah, we, we got into that last week, and I just I can't with. Joe Buck and <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, but you know, one of the players that Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit will inevitably co- be covering next season is Kenny Pickett, one of the top quarterbacks in this year's draft class. 
Um, but I just got a kick out of this headline and had to share it. Uh, the headline is Kenny Pickett's hand size increases an eighth of an inch from the NFL combine to his pro day. Um, and I just adore that Kenny Pickett grew. <laughs> or it's just like, I mean, we all have this experience where we try to like sit up a little bit taller at the doctor's office and get that extra quarter of an inch. And I'm just picturing this with much higher stakes for Kenny Pickett. <laughs> He must have been stretching his thumb and his pinky as hard as he could just to get as much of an increase on his hand width as possible. I think it's hilarious. He thinks it is too. He just laughed it off when he was asked about, you know, his small hands, I guess. Um, But in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. But this is just such a funny thing that it's just blown up to become like such a big headline and a big story. But yeah, this is just hilarious. I think it's just, I don't know. It should not be taken seriously. It's just a funny, funny story that's going around. Yeah. And I mean, we all know the story of when Joe Burrow got told at the combine that he has tiny hands um, and he sent out that now famous tweet that said, pray for me uh, (laughs) and his future. But I will say that this reminds me of, so when I was in the Air Force and people were like going for pilot qualification, Mm -hmm. um, the particularly short people would like literally sit and do all of these hamstring stretches. Like they would hang on a pull-up bar, um, literally just anything to do to make sure that they met that minimum height requirements. I I agree. I feel like he was doing some serious like (laughs) stretching too. That that sounds like like when kids are going through puberty and they are on like the shorter end of their classmates and they're just trying to stretch themselves out as much as possible, even though it doesn't even do anything. I I don't know. But it's just yeah, that's just a funny situation. Uh, It's definitely. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure he's going to be fine if he's following the footsteps of other small handed quarterbacks. We saw what Joe Burrow did this year. Um But last hot topic for today. So this one is definitely a more somber note, uh, but wanted to give a shout out to former Ohio State offensive lineman Harry Miller, uh, who was on the Today Show today. And I'm just going to read you a quote real quick. So if you're not familiar with Harry Miller's story, he actually opted to medically retire from football uh, this past month. Um, He announced on Twitter because of his struggles with mental illness and I just, this quote is, it'll break your heart, but I think it's a really wonderful sentiment. He said, I would just say hope is just pretending to believe in something until one day you don't have to pretend anymore. And right now we have all the logic, all the rationale in the world to give up on it. And I just ask, pretend for a little bit, and then one day you won't have to pretend anymore and you'll be happy. He is just one of the bravest people that I've ever heard of. I mean... The courage that he's had to just come out and be so honest about his mental health struggles is just so commendable. And I know that it's helped so many people. The fact that he's just really, you know, stood up for mental health issues. And, you know, obviously it could not have been easy. He's a football player at one of the biggest universities in the country and you just wouldn't suspect that to happen to a football player. So it's just, he's so courageous to just come out and just advocate for mental health. 
And I'm just so proud of him. I'm proud to be a Buckeye. I'm so grateful that Coach Day was in full support of him. So he is just a great guy. I've heard nothing but great things about him. I'm just so glad that this has gone, you know, so viral and everyone's heard about it across the country. I'm sure it's helped so many people. So I'm just so proud of Harry Miller. And I just, I can't wait to see what the future holds for him because he's just such a great guy. And, you know, like you said, it has to be challenging being a face of one of the most prominent football programs in the nation. And yet one in four Americans suffers from mental illness, uh, including depression, anxiety, um, other diagnosable disorders. And so for Harry Miller to come out and say, hey, this is, you know, this is normal. Uh, and here's how I've gotten through it. Um, and for him, you know, being this voice for 25% of Americans um, who are dealing with these struggles, like it, I don't know, it reduces the isolation. It makes you feel less alone if you are someone who's dealing with these things. So um, to echo your sentiment, you know, wish him all the luck in the world and excited to see for where he goes next. Um, on that on that note, this is a rough transition, uh, but we are going to get into these stories of the men's and women's NCAA tournaments. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, it was a series of incredible games, lots of upsets, lots of drama, uh, as per usual in the opening rounds. Um, we're going to kick off with the women's tournament. So, Megan, let's start off. Do you have any confessions from your bracket? Um, I'm not going to lie. I picked all one and two seeds to make it to the final four and South Carolina to win the whole thing. Um, I had Iowa in the final four. So obviously that did not happen. Um, but yeah, honestly, I like... I just didn't really see too many upsets happening, but there actually, I feel like there has been more upsets this year than in the past, especially with Baylor and Iowa. Um, so I'm definitely going to be rethinking my women's bracket next year because these lower seats are not messing around and they're definitely, you know, fighting to compete with these one and two seats. So I was definitely surprised by that. But now I know for next year, hopefully. For sure. Um, and probably the biggest upset we've seen so far is Baylor, who was the two seed in the Wichita region, getting knocked off by South Dakota, the 10 seed. Um, the Bears scored 47 points in that matchup, which is, it's not a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that was probably the biggest upset so far. But in terms of my confessions, uh, I also had South Carolina or excuse me uh Iowa I I had Iowa going far I did have them eventually beating South Carolina cuz it's wishful thinking um but Iowa lost to Creighton in the second round it would have been very fun because if Iowa would have won we would have had an Iowa versus Iowa State matchup in the sweet 16 yeah that would have been fun I mean, I just, I was kind of shocked how poorly Caitlin Clark played. Um, she had 15 points, 
you know, not her usual 40, but can't really expect that when it comes to the NCAA tournament. But she was 0 for 8 um, in the entire second half. So that was just very surprising. I mean, Creighton just figured her out and she could not, you know, figure it out in time to come back and beat them. So that was just surprising. Caitlin Clark can be beat. <laughs> um, but hey, shout out to Creighton. They just played an amazing game and upset one of the top teams in the country. So definitely rooting for them to see how far they can go. Yeah. TBD. Uh, but the good news is, um, so first of all, we will caveat all of this by saying that we once again are recording this on Monday um, and the women's field continues to play through tonight uh, when the Sweet 16 field will be set. Um, but the good news is the Big Ten is not out of it entirely. Obviously, Iowa was the favorite in terms of if a Big Ten team were to win, it would have been Iowa. Um, but Maryland is already in the Sweet 16. So... That's a positive. Um, and then Indiana and Michigan have matchups against Princeton and Villanova, respectively, uh, in the round of 32 as well. Um, and then, of course, we have – it's going to start right after we finish recording just about, uh, but Ohio State playing the three-seed LSU in the Spokane region. Um, so lots of contenders still in the Big Ten. Do you think any of them have a shot? Honestly, I don't know. I think Michigan has a legitimate shot. They've been playing really well. They outscored – who did they play? I forget who they played their first round. I think it was – I don't know. It wasn't a great team. But they have just looked really amazing. Um, and I, I think they have a legitimate shot at making it pretty far. But honestly, you just – you never know. I know the Big Ten – in my opinion, is the best team in women's college basketball. So I guess we'll just have to see. Hopefully the Buckeyes can pull off a massive upset against Kim Mulkey's LSU team. Um, so that'll be interesting. But I'm just excited to see how this bracket goes, especially for the Big Ten teams. It's just so so exciting to watch. This is my first year kind of really getting into the women's bracket as well. And I think people are starting to realize all over the world that the women's teams are legit too, and it's just as fun as the men's. So I just can't wait to see how it plays out. Yeah, I feel like it's a good year to get into it. There's a lot of parity across the women's bracket. Um, there's a lot of good teams. Speaking as a Big Ten fan, this might be the best year of women's basketball that there's been in a long time. Um, I think there's five teams that made the tournament. Nebraska was the only one to lose in the first round uh, in the Big Ten. Um, and then just to – I have it pulled up. Michigan, who's a three-seed – beat Americans 74 to 39 in the opening round. Yeah. So definitely demolished. Um, yeah. And they, they have a shot uh, they're playing Villanova in the second round. Um, and then sort of do have this probably the clearest path to the finals. Um, once again, they're in that bracket where South Dakota beat Baylor. Um, not to count the Jackrabbits out, but you know, um, We'll see. Michigan definitely is a good football <laughs> basketball team. Oh, whoa, um, whoa. Well, they, they were good this year. We, we might as well admit <laughs> it. We might as well play up. Hey, and do that's that. in the past. That's in the past. Anyway, moving on. So uh, the other piece with the women's bracket uh, was the story of the one seeds that, like, were unstoppable. So NC State made its fourth straight Sweet 16 appearance. 
Um, in the second round, they beat Ioka Lee and Kansas State. Um, you might remember that Lee had like the most points in a game ever a couple months ago. I think it was like 60 plus points. Mm-hmm. Um, South Carolina, as you mentioned, uh, has been very strong through the first two rounds. Um, <laughs> they held Howard to 21 points in the first round. Wasn't it like four points in the first half? Um, I think it. I think it was something like that. Like, uh, <laughs> but so they ha- they held Howard to twenty one points in their first game, and then they held Miami to thirty three points in the second game. This was the lowest points allowed, or the fewest points allowed, excuse me, um, by any team through the first two rounds ever. Uh, but also, I just got a kick out of this final score. Uh, it was forty nine to thirty three. South Carolina over Miami. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously their defense is just unbelievable, especially if they held Howard to four points in one half. But like, you'd think they would, you know, kind of go off on offense and score more than 49 points. But honestly, they just didn't need to because obviously they have it handled. So um, they're just absolutely dominant. So I'm curious to see you know, how far they go, assuming it's going to be to the championship. But, hey, you never know what could happen. Yeah, once again, path feels like it's pretty clear for them. Um, in terms of the other one seed, Stanford beat Montana State 78-37. to um, I'm just loving, like, these scores. They're just wild to me. Um, and then in slightly less, I guess, impressive fashion, uh, Louisville – the final one seed beat Gonzaga 68 to 59. Um, but yeah, it, it feels like they all, they're all cruising. Yeah, it definitely seems like the one seeds do have an easy path, like you said, um, at least to the final four. So I guess we'll see. I mean, the two seeds obviously got upset, but the one seeds, one seeds seem to have it pretty locked down, but it's March Madness, so you never know what could happen. So we'll have to stay anything tuned. Can happen. Anything. Um, yep. So this has been fun. I'm glad that we both had some misguided uh, perceptions of what would happen in the women's tournament. Um, we're going to bring you more from the men's tournament uh, after a quick break. So stay with us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. So we are officially down to 16 teams in the men's tournament. And if you're a Big Ten fan, there's not a lot of good news from the opening weekend. Um, In particular, Megan and I were talking in the pre-show. We're both, we were both homers and we both got burned. (laughs) Yeah, the Big Ten just screwed us over. I went with Iowa to win the entire thing, which clearly did not happen. 
Um, unfortunately, they got upset by Richmond in the first round, which I was just shocked. You know, I thought they'd be totally riding the momentum from winning the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they were not, obviously. Um, they fell to the 12th seed, which I guess, I don't know, I guess I could have seen that coming because a lot of 12 seeds upset 5 it's seeds. It's always an upset matchup. Ugh, it's just... I was sad because like, the rest of my round of 64 picks were really good. But then I saw Iowa loss and I'm like, well, now I'm done for because that's why I picked to win the whole thing. So another year, another busted bracket. But what else is new? Uh, I'm in the same boat. I had also a good day one. Uh, my predicted champ did make it through the first round, but not much further uh, because I picked Wisconsin. Um <laughs> Ouch. Who did not play well on Sunday? <laughs> oh, Iowa State really got to them. That was that was a big upset. That was definitely one of the biggest upsets of the tournament. Well, it stinks. So my husband's from Iowa. A bunch of his friends, like most of his friends, went to Iowa State. Um, and so every year I get the crap from them about Aaron Kraft. Like he's their super villain. Um, <laughs> so I don't think any of them know that I picked Wisconsin or else. You know, they'd be making fun of me incessantly. But it was driving me bananas, Megan. Like, by the end of the game, Wisconsin was super, super close, and they kept shooting threes, and they kept missing threes. Like, this was their worst three-point shooting game of the year, statistically, I think. But it's like, at some point, you got to change your game plan. You got Johnny so, Davis. Yeah. Do something with yeah. him. Mm-hmm. That sounds like Ohio State. I mean, the first half. We kept shy, trying to shoot for the three. It was simply not working. And obviously, we turned it around the second half. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. But yeah, these teams do love to shoot threes. And when it doesn't work, they got to change up their game plan. And sometimes they don't. And it leads to being upset by, say, Iowa State. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> um, fortunately, uh, the bad taste that we've all had in our mouths from Oral Roberts, I just realized that, um, beating Ohio State as the 15 seed last year uh, has at least been negated since St. Peter's beat the two seed Kentucky this year. Um, and I feel like people love to hate Kentucky almost as much as they love to hate Ohio State. So there's that. Oh, yeah. That's definitely a worse loss than Ohio State's loss. Like, come on, it's Kentucky, a highly respected program. But yeah, people do love to hate on them. I just saw tweets, people hating on John Calipari, saying he's no better than a gym teacher coach. And I'm like, well, I'd have to argue with that one. But at least they finally, or at least they lost. So, you know, we aren't the the go-to topic when it comes to 2 and 15 seeds upsets. But yeah, that was shocking. And St. Peter's is still going. I mean, come on, they're in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Um, I'm rooting for them. Oh, well, I I can't because my Elite Eight is greatly diminished and I do have Purdue. So. Oh, well, at least you still have them. That's fair. I've but just I mean, given up on the bracket. I'm just going to root for the underdogs. Screw it. And once again, like, this is what makes March Madness fun. Even if St. Peter's wins, like, we're still going to be delighted by the result because right. who doesn't love it when a 15 seed makes it deep in the tournament? Um, but we got to talk about 
what happened to the Big Ten. So the Big Ten started the tournament with nine teams in the field. It was the most of any conference, and that did include two play-in teams or play-in games with Rutgers and Indiana. Um, Rutgers lost in very sad fashion. Indiana won their play-in game uh, and then lost. So, And then we just had a real rough first day. Yeah, that Rutgers game was something else, though. I legitimately thought that they were going to win. You know, they are a, they fight. They are a hard-fighting team. And what was it, two overtimes that they lost to Notre yeah. Dame? I it mean, was, that was just, was yeah, that was, that was sad. And then it just went downhill from there for the Big Ten. So that was just... That was just the start of it all. Super disappointing. Yeah. I mean, it sucks when you have to cheer for Michigan. Ugh. Ugh. Cheering for Purdue now. Um, for no, sure. but obviously Ohio State lost in the first round. Uh, the Big Ten had a pretty good rest of the day. Uh, obviously, Ohio State advanced past Loyola Chicago. In like, we'll talk about this in a second. Such a low-scoring game. The over-under, according to Vegas, was 100 points, and they did not make the over. Okay, that was like the worst game of basketball I've ever seen. I'm sorry. It was just Loyola couldn't shoot. Thank God that they couldn't shoot because we couldn't shoot either. Both teams' defenses were just keeping them in the game. But, oh, it was just so ugly to watch. But we pulled out the win. Um, But, yeah, that was just not a good game of basketball at all. Yeah, I know. Definitely want to move on. Uh (laughs) We'll talk about next year. Um, but before we jump into recapping Ohio State season, I do have to ask, do you have any faith in the one seeds who remain? Obviously, Baylor is out with that huge upset from UNC. Um, but the rest of the one seeds got tested. Uh, I do not have any faith in Gonzaga. The fact that Memphis almost upset them... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that Gonzaga battles back and they just refuse to lose, but that was extremely, extremely close. I I don't know about them. Kansas? Mm, Creighton put up a good fight against them, too. So, I don't know. They're kind of in the same boat. But, I mean, I don't know. All these nine seeds really did put up a fight against the one seeds. But I think the one that I have my the most confidence in might be Arizona because uh, I don't know. I just don't see, honestly, I don't see any one seeds winning at all because you know, March madness, but I think I'd put my faith in Arizona out of all the one seeds. Yeah. I feel like I might take Kansas, but it might be because I accidentally watched the Kansas game Saturday surrounded by Kansas fans. Um, That'll influence you. Yeah, it'll, it'll happen. Uh, but then you look at the two seeds too. So again, downside for the Big Ten. Michigan State uh, lost to Duke in super dramatic fashion yesterday. Um, but Duke has a solid shot, especially looking at how Gonzaga was playing uh, to come out of that bracket. Whoops. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I panicked. It was the wrong wrong bracket, but no, it was the right one. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I might have confidence in Duke. You know, they really just might... I don't know if they're going to make it to the championship for Coach K's last season, but I think they could definitely make it to the Final Four. Out of all the two seeds, I think I have the most faith in Duke, yeah. 
Yeah, it's of course they are. And I, I mentioned Gonzaga not playing great against Memphis. That is the one region where the Sweet 16 field is one, two, three, four. Um, Michigan, who is an 11 seed in the South, gets to face Villanova, who like not to, you know, crap on Ohio State, but Villanova <laughs> didn't quite pull away from Ohio State. So Michigan right. would seem to have a reasonable shot. Uh, and then Arizona-Houston uh, is the other matchup. Um, but yeah, and it feels like back to Purdue again, that they've got number three Purdue versus number 15 St. Pete's and then eight UNC versus four UCLA. Like that field is wide open. Yes, I'm very excited for the UNC game. Not to brag, but I did pick UNC to upset Baylor, so I'm proud of myself for that one. But UCLA is definitely going to be a a difficult team for them, so I'm super excited to see how that one turns out. For sure. Um, All right, so we talked about who your favorite number one seed is. Uh, Who, now that we are down to a field of 16, who is your new champion? Oh, that is tough. I, hmm... You know what? Maybe I will go with Duke. I think I think they could do it. Maybe we could hope for a little Duke UNC Elite 8 action. But mm. well, I don't that's know. Uh, March Madness is so hard. I literally I don't know. I I think I might have to go with Duke. They I think they they could do it. They could pull it together, I think, for Coach K one last time. All right. So I think I, I've said this already. I think I'm going to go with Purdue again because I'm a homer. But also it feels like I said they have the best shot to come out of that region. The matchups might be favorable depending on who comes out of the Midwest. It could happen. I don't know. And um, if, if yeah. I'm completely wrong, it's no worse than what happened after the opening weekend. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's definitely guesses at this point. No one truly knows. Of course not. Games haven't happened yet. Um, All right. That's all we've got for today. Uh, Megan, before we wrap things up, shall we do our shout outs? Yeah. So I want to shout out uh, an American tennis player, Taylor Fritz. He just beat Nadal in the Indian Wells Championship. And Nadal was on... I think it was a 20-0 undefeated streak to start the season. So this was definitely a huge win for Fritz. And super happy that he's an American. So that's always a great win. But yeah, he's definitely one of the young up-and-comers in tennis. So huge win for him. Just wanted to shout him out. Nice. Um, so I'm going to shout out a team and a person that we've already talked about today. So two separate shout outs to clarify. Uh, first of all, like, Congrats to Rutgers. I was really, really pulling for them. Uh, But what an incredible season for the Scarlet Knights. We've talked about this extensively on the show in the past, but for so long, well, since 2014, Rutgers has really been the doormat of the Big Ten. Uh, And it felt like this year they were like, no, we're not. Um, And pulled together a string of incredible wins that put them into the tournament field. Um, So disappointing that their season had to end earlier than, you know, the main tournament field, but kudos to them. Um, And then the second shout out is to Harry Miller, uh, mental health matters and can't say enough for, you know, 
what his statements do for people and trying to encourage folks to get help and to get through their tough times. So thank you to him. Yeah, for sure. Definitely both great shout outs. Rutgers, hard fought team, unfortunately, didn't make it past the play in, but they had a great season. And obviously, like we both said before, Terry Miller deserves all the love in the world. And I'm happy to see that he's getting a ton of love and support and just all around amazing guy, super courageous. And again, can't wait to see what the future has in store for him. That's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Megan at Megan Hustline, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go Bucks.